Welcome to Your New Mexico Government. I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. We return to the conversation around recovery from substance use during the pandemic. Today is a special episode devoted to a conversation between executive producer Marisa DeMarco and her cousin who went to a remote rehab before the pandemic and then returned home after it was in full swing. What are people recovering from substance abuse to do when many of the support systems are shut down? Up first, a news rundown of what we know today, Friday, May 1st, as of 5 p.m. The World Health Organization is reiterating that coronavirus is thought to have originated naturally. Previously, President Trump speculated that it emerged from a lab in China. Worldwide, the number of confirmed infections is around 3.26 million, and there have been more than a million recoveries. 233,000 people have died. States are starting to reopen today, and by next week, nearly half of the 50 states will have taken steps towards reopening, according to the New York Times. It's May 1, and that's International Workers' Day. Big chains are facing outcry over pay, sick leave, and health risks their employees are facing during the pandemic. Frontline workers at Amazon, Walmart, Whole Foods, Target, and Instacart organized a huge strike, Vice and other outlets are reporting. The FDA authorized the use of remdesivir to treat patients in the hospital with a severe case of COVID-19, many outlets are reporting. Early research showed the antiviral drug cuts down on the length of time it takes for people to recover. The White House is blocking Dr. Anthony Fauci from testifying before a House panel investigating the coronavirus outbreak in the U.S., the Washington Post reports. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is locking down Gallup, blocking off the city with policed checkpoints to keep outsiders off the Navajo Nation. Anyone without a Gallup address can't get in, according to KRQE. In the Navajo Nation, as of yesterday, there were 164 new cases, bringing the total to 2,141, and nine deaths, making the death toll 71, according to the Department of Health there. Overall, in New Mexico today, there are 104 more cases for a total of 3,513. Eight people died, bringing the state's death toll to 131. The Albuquerque Journal reports that workers in New Mexico who get called back in after being laid off or furloughed won't be able to keep their unemployment benefits without a valid reason that they are not returning to work. For your New Mexico government, I'm Marisa DeMarco. All right, so for today's episode, we're revisiting a conversation that our executive producer, Marisa DeMarco, had with her cousin, Orlando Watts. Right now, I'm talking to Marisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So give me a little bit of insight about what you and your cousin talked about. You know, the conversation that we had, I thought, spoke to a lot of things that folks are going through, even if they're not folks who are in recovery, but about like feeling a loss of control during the pandemic, trying to manage anxiety and managing feelings of discomfort, which I'm sure we're all experiencing, and about being okay with being sad or angry or hurt and not always feeling like you have to fix those feelings necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. So there was just a ton in the conversation that we had that I thought related to what so many of us are experiencing right now. And so I thought it would be a good one to give an episode to. Yeah, I think it's a perfect one for a Friday to allow us to think about these things over the weekend. Last night after our episode and I was kind of winding down, I talked to an old friend and she was telling me about people she knows who are, in her opinion, who are handling what we're going through pretty well. 
And the one person who she found is having a tough time is the person who, before COVID struck, everything was measured, everything was under control. They seemed to have their stuff together, you know? Yeah. But COVID comes and you're no longer in control. What happens then? And I think that's a question that people are asking themselves. Yeah, and just experiencing that realization of being out of control of something and how to just hold that feeling, right? Yeah, so I want to say too that Orlando and I did a socially distanced interview. We were in the same room, but I had a super long mic cable. Okay. Just so everybody knows, we're respecting the social distancing rules. We're we're doing it all. Yeah. It's very important. Well, I look forward to hearing from you and your cousin. And yeah, take it away. Okay, so I'm here with my cousin, Orlando Watts. <laughs> we grew up in the same house we think of each other a lot more like brother and sister. That's right. As soon as the pandemic hit and the shutdown order came, I was thinking about you because you had gone to a remote rehab facility Mm -hmm. in New Mexico before that happened. You know, you guys don't get a lot of media out there. You don't do phone calls. You're not on the internet. So I was thinking about that you were coming back to a totally different world. Yeah, so I left right at the beginning of March and I entered into a treatment program and um, I had known about the coronavirus. I was reading the news and stuff, but at that point, the U.S. hadn't been affected yet. The program that I was in, you have a detox period that's, you know, seven to ten days and then you're transferred to another facility. And it's in the mountains. It is pretty remote. What was interesting was the staff had to give us updates because it started getting serious. Mm-hmm. And it was a men's facility, but there's men up there who have children. And when your mind is not focused on recovery, if your mind is down the mountain, down in wherever you're at, like wherever your kids are, your family is, you can't focus on yourself and really get the healing that you need because your mind is elsewhere. Yeah. So steadily, the first week that I was there, you know, they're like, okay, there is a a case in the U.S. And then the next week they're like, okay, we're going to have one of the medical staff come in and give us an update. This was different than any other time because before they would not tell us about anything going on outside because they want you to stay focused. So, but this was universally affecting everybody and it started happening quickly. And they knew that if they didn't ease those people's minds about what's going on, like there was no way they were going to get anywhere with anybody. So they even had to, you're not supposed to get phone calls for a while, right? Like you can't call for the first like week or so, right? They had to change that because they wanted people to contact their family. Mm -hmm. And so they actually would let you call two or three times a week if you needed to. I spoke with your wife, Paige, and she let me know that they did tell you a little something at the, at the start of this. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Orlando's going to come home. Like, <laughs> he's just going to be like, sorry, I got to bounce and be with my family and take care of people. And Because you do so much taking care of everybody. You take a lot of care of our grandma. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking maybe you would try to come home early so that you could try to do that stuff for everybody. Yeah, like your initial reaction, especially for the kind of personality I have, was to 
spring into action and try to control everything, right? Like, mm. how can I control what's going on? But then a part of the, the program that I was in, spirituality is a big part of it. And so I had to let go and let God. I had to really let, like, say, all right, like, I, I know that my grandma is at risk, you know, and she's somebody that's very, very dear to my heart. And I love her unconditionally. I love her so much. So immediately I felt those feelings of the fear, the anxiety started to creep in. For me, discomfort management, like sitting with that discomfort of the unknown and what could happen and what I can do about it was a big part of what helped me. Right. Like mm. learning the things that I needed to learn to manage the discomfort I was feeling really got me through that time. You know, I know you're in this like special concentrated program, mm. but I think that is so familiar to so many of us in the pandemic. People feel out of control. They feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, that Those are, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but those feel like really common feelings right now, right? Yeah. yeah. So what are some like discomfort management tools that you were finding there? Well, so as a person that struggled with substance abuse, I'm so used to reaching outside of myself to comfort, right? It didn't matter what it was. Whatever I could do to reach outside of myself to comfort those feelings, I would do. I would use, I'm, I'm so used to changing how I feel, right? Sometimes the best thing to do for me was to sit with that discomfort and just be like, okay, well, let's invite the fear in. What am I really afraid of? And what can I really control? So I think that a lot of times when... I start to feel those feelings. I have to focus on staying present. I really have to use mindfulness. I, I use these things that have helped me in the past. And it's about putting those into practice because nobody likes feeling sad. Nobody likes feeling anxious, but we're so used to like, if somebody's sad, we want to cheer them up. We want to fix that. If somebody's, you know, angry, we want to calm them down. Well, sometimes it's okay to feel those things, but look at what's underneath them. If, um, if I'm angry, sometimes it's because I'm hurt, something hurt me. And so then I start to, you know, move through those feelings and it's, it's a process and I have to talk about it with somebody. If I hold those things in, that becomes this thing where I'm in my own mind and those things start to really build. If I talk about it with somebody, and, and especially right now, you can, it's one of those things where everybody is going through the same thing at once. Mm -hmm. And so if you talk about it with them, how are they doing it? How are they doing with it? Sometimes when we get outside of ourselves, Praying has really been something that's helped me because it helps me get outside of myself. Letting go of the selfishness and the self-centeredness, you know, it's not all about me right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I always have thought of you as like, like a super tough dude, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Uh, it's a family value. It's a right, family. Like the right. dudes in our family are tough guys for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, but there's a way that we don't, especially in American culture, we don't let men talk about feelings and we right. try to train them to, you know, like 
warrior through their feelings or try not to have them or just, you know, find a job to do or what, you know, yeah. we train all people, but men, especially, mm-hmm. I think not to talk about feelings, not to think about what they're feeling, not to let their feelings in. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big part of, of man, manhood or something. Right. Um, and there's this big misconception about what it is to be a man. Right. And the hardest thing for any person to do is ask for help, Mm. especially if you're a pillar of your family, your community, whatever it is, admitting you need help with something is almost like you feel weak because everybody turns to you. Everybody looks to you to do things and to um, handle certain stuff. But who do you turn to when you need Mm. help? Right. So I think that's the strongest thing you could do is ask for help. Admitting that I needed help was huge for me because realizing that I don't got this, like it's got me and Mm. I'm not going to do it on my own. Like they say that, um, addiction and and alcoholism, whatever it is that you're struggling with, that that's part of disconnection. Like that's, you're going through disconnection. You're, you're, you're in disconnection. You're disconnecting from the people you love, your own feelings, your everything. But when you recover from, from those things, it's, it's all about connection, Mm -hmm. which is, which is an interesting time right now because there's so much disconnection. Right. The last time we spoke, you talked about how when you exit rehab, you're advised against isolating. Correct. Yes. So for people that struggle with addictions and and alcoholism or substance abuse or whatever it is, isolation is like the worst thing you could do. Because that's what our normal, our habits are, like our our tendencies are to isolate because we're embarrassed of being intoxicated, right? Like we're more comfortable when we're by ourselves using and and drinking and drugging, right? I don't want anybody to see me like that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like natural. Isolation is natural, right? And so they really say when you start to isolate, you're in trouble. These are signs to look out for. Like isolation is one of them, right? There's little things that can really lead you astray on your road to recovery. And it's the first time where isolation is encouraged. And so that piece is very difficult to navigate right now. How am I going to stay connected through isolation yeah i have to work extra hard at that i've likened recovery to walking up a down escalator right and so you have to work hard to stay in the same place Mm. now if as soon as you stand still you're moving backwards coming back down the escalator right and so the thing is is like if i already have to work hard now i'm working really hard to stay connected, to stay, you know, to, to stay vigilant through this whole thing. Mm. And so um, it's a really trying time. There's a lot of probably a lot of people that, you know, are, are struggling. It's really it's really beautiful to be able to share this because it helps me. Yeah, it helps me. I'm so glad. 
This is Your NM Government. I'm your host, Kaliole Kalona. Every weekday, we're covering the way the virus and health measures are impacting people differently around the state. Stay tuned in weeknights at 7.30 p.m. Next Friday, we want to give you a chance to acknowledge or shout out the people you're missing right now. A fun opportunity to let people know you're thinking about them. Give us a call and leave your shout out and we'll roll it into our show on Friday. Call 505-218-7084. That's 505-218-7084. We're going to pick up again with the conversation between executive producer Marisha DeMarco and her cousin, Orlando Watts, who went into rehab before the pandemic and came home to another world. If you missed any of this and you want to check it out, we always post the episodes after the show on KUNM.org, and they'll show up on any podcast feed you may like. Look for Your NM Go. Okay, so let's walk it back. You got out of recovery. Okay. What's it like? Like, you enter this world where, like, you can't go anywhere. Like, everything's closed. Right, like. right. So, right away, like, I'm, I'm riding back from the mountain, and, <laughs> like, we have this place where they pick us up and drop us off from, and it's a shopping center. And they told us, yes, like, you know, they prepare you a little bit for when you're leaving, right? They gave us a mask, and they gave us gloves, right? What's and I was cool? like, I was like whoa is it this bad and they're like they're like yeah it's that bad out there like you're gonna and i was like well you know i'm, I'm trying to figure out like trying to wrap my head around this thing and i'm like okay so we get to the spot where they're dropping us off and picking us up for the last part of the trip and i have to use the restroom and i'm like i'm gonna go inside and then I'm looking at the front of the store and there's a line out the front that i've never seen before and this is like a regular old store and I'm like looking, I'm like, why is there a line? Yeah. I'm like, why why are these people waiting in line? And why why is there tape on the floor, on the concrete? Mm. And it's marking, and I'm like, oh, this is the space that I have to keep from the person in front of me. But what I saw was like some people were taking it seriously, right? Like some people had masks on. Mm-hmm. Some people didn't. Mm. And I was just like, well, I thought we were all in this kind of thing, yeah. right? It's very interesting for me because, like, I, I was, like, kind of shocked. I'm like, whoa. And New Mexico is doing pretty good when you look at the numbers and things. But the other part is, um, you know, meetings are very important in recovery, especially in early recovery. Mm-hmm. And to hear all of them were closed was like, oh, no. There was a little bit of panic there for me, right? Yeah. And luckily, there's been resources that have stepped up, like Zoom. Now you can attend meetings online. And it's opened up this whole other world because in the meetings, you'll hear about people like, how are they working it? There's a lot of people struggling, you know, there's, mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, there's like elderly people and um, going to meetings and maybe going to the store or something. That's their only interaction for the day with people, right? Right. You know, when you go to the meeting, you get to see people, you you know, you get to interact, you get to hug somebody, right? You get to, to feel the love. If you're alone, how do you do that? Yeah. Right? It's kind of heartbreaking. But at the same time, you know, those things, that's the way to stay connected for me right now. I get to hear about other people's struggles, but I also hear about people's triumphs, right? People are attending meetings all over the world because they can right now. They're attending meetings in like different parts of the country. Sometimes those people from the Northeast will be attending ours, which is cool. So mixing up a little. Yeah. And it, it keeps it like almost new. 
because we tend to get a little uh, used to things, our routines and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's nice to mix it up. That's opening a whole other side of this that I think would never have happened had it not been for this pandemic. Yeah. So when you're standing outside a grocery store, you're seeing all the masks, which <laughs> just gave you a mask. <laughs> it's almost like at that moment, you're making a decision, like which guy you're going to be, mask guy or no mask guy. Well, right? let me tell you, I'm mask guy for sure. <laughs> A mask guy. Like, I think what what helped drive that decision for me was, okay, like, I'm not maybe as at risk. It's not even about me. It's about I could be asymptomatic. This thing is something that I can carry without showing symptoms. Yeah. And it's about the other person that I could be affecting, right? So I'm going to take the precautions to keep other people safe. We don't really know everything there is to know, right? There's mm-hmm. there's more and more information every day, but how do we keep ourselves and others safe? You can't deny what's going on. Mm-hmm. You can't live it. I mean, I, I guess you can, but <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. Another thing we talked about before is that you were in rehab. Mm-hmm. You're hearing about this. You're thinking mm-hmm. about your fam. You're feeling like, oh, maybe I want to do something. <laughs> You said to me that you realized you wouldn't be any help to anyone if you didn't didn't get sober. Right. And so the best thing I could have done for all the people I love, including you and including so many people out there, was let myself really be healed. What good am I? Because I'll tell you what, I am so, like, so grateful that God got me sober right around that time that I left. Mm. Because I don't know if I'd be alive. And that's the honest truth. Because the way that I drink and drug, the way that, that those things take hold of me, how powerless I am, over those things, I don't know that I'd be here. And so I'm really grateful that I got to be sober during this time because it's very scary. Like, I don't know what I would have done and I don't Mm. know where I'd be right now. Mm. I definitely wouldn't be talking to you for sure. Right. Mm. Like I would be so consumed with myself and what I want. And I don't know, like, And the thing about it, too, is like right now I'm present with people like I'm here for them in every sense of the word. And what keeps me from going out is uh, and what I mean by going out is using again right now um, is I know I got another use in me, but I don't know that I have another recovery. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's hard to think about. It is, but it's real. Like, I'm, I'm not only are people fighting for their lives out there. Addiction is such a, uh, it's such a powerful thing. Like that, I'm fighting for my life, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, I'm choosing to fight. But it's real. Like you know, people die and people people fall all the time. You know, it's hard. Like you know, especially in the community. Like. I was with about 12 guys, and of those 12 guys, four of them had fallen off already, and I've only been home for, this is going on my fourth week. Yeah, I mean, one, the statistics show that relapses sometimes part mm. of recovery, people get yeah. sick again. It's an illness, and people yeah. get sick again, yes. right? Yes, yes. And that was something we talked about mm-hmm. before you went to yes. recovery this time, was we talked a lot about it before you went, and it 
this is like you need to go to the hospital like because you're sick again you yeah, know you have a it's, it's a chronic condition it's right. not the same as having another kind of chronic condition but it is and it flares up yeah. it's a disease yeah it's a disease and it was really helpful actually it was like people that have diabetes or cancer or other things sometimes their disease isn't going so well mm-hmm. and so they need to go to the hospital to get better. And that's what I did. You know, I, I needed to go get better. And um, I'm glad I did. Relapse was a part of my story, unfortunately. But I'm sharing that because if somebody does relapse, it doesn't mean they can't come back. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. It's like, yo, keep coming back. Yeah. Keep coming back. Even if it's really like you're 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 living in shame you're you're you know you're 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 guilt you feel guilty about all of the things and then you keep going on that cycle reach out to somebody talk to them about it because nine times out of ten i'm telling you the people that i had around me i i I rallied up the troops and i said look i'm hurting again Mm -hmm. i'm hurting again i'm broken and uh, i got nothing but love and support about it You know, I am very fortunate and blessed that there was people around me who loved me enough to say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not bad getting good. You're sick getting well. Yeah. This has been amazing. Always love talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this. And Mm. so... So thanks for asking me to do this. Oh my gosh. So I was nervous to ask you because I was thinking, you know, I don't want to put you in any position you don't want to be in. I feel like you have to do something for me. Right. I think you have some really great things to say. I hope other people can connect with it. I hope other people who are struggling or even if you don't have, you know, a substance use issue that you're in recovery from. I think there's still some valuable ideas in this for a lot of folks. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the message is that like, no matter what you're going through, talk to somebody about it. Mm. Don't hold that in. You're not alone right now. You're not alone in the way you feel that you're not alone in the way you think. And there's somebody that's going through it too. And you don't know what you're sharing might do to help others too. Like if you're sharing what you're going through, somebody else might be like, you know what? I'm feeling the same way. Thank you so much for saying that. Mm -hmm. And you don't know who you're going to help. So that's why I felt compelled to do this. I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about, all right, maybe somebody hearing this can say, you know, all right, I want to talk to somebody about this. We're all kind of holding on right now, right? And then, I mean, you're super holding on, you yeah. know? You, just to hang in, just to hang in there, yeah, you know? Yeah, hang in. It's, it's, it's uh, good to be alive. Yeah. All right. Thank all you, right. Orlando. Thank you. Here's some resources for you. If you're in the need of help, you can call the Care Detox Center in Albuquerque. That's 505-468-1555. Again, 505-468-1555. The New Mexico Crisis and Access Line is a great option if you're looking for mental health or substance abuse resources. Call them at 1-855-NM-CRISIS. It's toll-free, open 24-7, and it's ready for you any day of the year. And if you're not having an emergency but you want to connect with someone, call out the peer-to-peer warm line. 
1-855-4NM-7100. They're ready to take your call between 3.30 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. Or you can text someone there between 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. And if you've got a smartphone, scope the NM Connect app, which can help plug you into mental health and substance abuse resources. Next week, we look into the science of reopening businesses. We take another look into the response to COVID-19 in our prisons and jails. We also look into the increasing domestic violence during the shutdown and what can be done about it. Tune in next week on YNMG, 7.30 p.m. Your New Mexico government, it's executive produced by Marisa DeMarco. It's produced by yours truly. The news update is by Marisa DeMarco. Theme music by Pope. Yes, yes, y'all. Hear us all week long on KUNM's Airwaves at 7.30 p.m. Online, find the show at KUNM.org or subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Your New Mexico government is a collaboration between KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and the Santa Fe Reporter. Funding for our coverage is provided in part by the Thornburg Foundation, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, the New Mexico Local News Fund, and KUNM listeners like you. For everyone here at Your New Mexico government, I'm Khalil Ecolona. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and happy birthday to my sister, Saida. Happy birthday, babe. I love you.